Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents... The Elder Scrolls Lorecast! Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, it is time again for the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. It is Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We are now 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights on the uh, twitch.tv slash robots radio channel. And we are live. I am Tom Robots, your host, and welcome back to the show. I also have with me, as usual, the man who keeps butting his head up against these old, old Elder Scrolls games and learning so much more about himself. <laughs> Lotus <Yeah>. of Doom. <laughs> How's it going, Lotus? I'm doing well, despite the two plus hours of fumbling around in Battlespire prior to this stream. And uh, yeah, I I, uh, I haven't learned anything else because I'm still on level one after like four hours. So yeah, um, I think the lesson is more about what's inside you than what's inside the game. It it is. It, it's a lesson in perseverance, <laughs> right? And what i can overcome (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it shows you your true nature you know exactly so it'll be refreshing to talk about some uh different lore from oh i don't know (laughs) something in the most recent 20 years (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so speaking of most recent uh more more recent lore we're talking this week about darian gutier or Gautier, I don't know how the best way to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, yeah if you were here for last week, then you know we've been digging into some of these companions that show up in the main storyline sections of the original release content for Elder Scrolls Online. So this is the Daggerfall Covenant section of the game. We've already talked about um, Emmerich, the, the leader of the area, and now we're moving on to Darian Gautier. And last week we talked about... Um, Raz, everybody's favorite Khajiit or one of your favorite Khajiits or something like that. Uh, I think Mike is a is a good uh, toss up into that mix. Another good contender. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good contender. Um, and there's a there's a number of other ones. Khajiit, Khajiit are pretty cool. But now now we're moving on to Darian and we Lotus. We were talking about these three characters, um, Darian, Raz and uh, Naryu. And how they're all similar and yet different. They all kind of act as guides, as the the people that you end up talking to the most in these adventures. And yet they're all a little bit different. They're all a little sketchy, a little bit, a little bit shady in their own ways. <laughs> you know? Yes, definitely. Um, what do you call it? And the, and Darian will be the representative, so to speak, for the Daggerfall Covenant side of things. And something that. Uh, more so than with Raz, we may want to mention just in advance um, a little bit. This one might be a little more spoilery, yes. so to speak, because yes. his yeah, a lot of his character past base game. You you do encounter him a decent bit in base game, but a lot of his ba- like character development does require us to discuss the main storyline and not really a twist, but something that is not overtly shown to you right out the gate with Somerset. So be forewarned about that. Just if you don't want to know anything about it, this one might be a little, a little more spoilery than with Raz or Naryu as well. Hers won't be quite as bad, although she has some pretty strong influences with Morrowind's chapter, but right. Just a little heads up. Yeah, and I've I've organized this in a way where we can we're actually going to go through a journal in order to get a sense of his personality first It's kind of the reverse order that we did last one. Last one, we talked about the character and then we read a document that, you know, detailed details about the character about Roz from another person's perspective. This time we're writing We're going to be reading through his journal entry about himself in order to get a sense of who he is. And then on the second half of the show, we're going to dig into a little bit more of the details. And I've left the most spoilery stuff to the end. So 
as we get closer to that, we'll of course point that out for anybody who hasn't gone through, especially the Somerset con- uh, yep. content yet. But um, the, the best way to put this is that if you play through the Daggerfall Covenant stuff, it kind of leaves you with a bit of a cliffhanger as to what exactly happens with Darien. And then you end up learning a lot more later on, which is a fun reveal. So it's one of those things I don't want to have to spoil for anybody who's really hasn't played through it yet. So, yeah, the Somerset story is a great one. So that that's another thing, you know, that again, it's not the there are twists in the Somerset story that are not related to him. He mm-hmm. is just like part of it that you might not be immediately aware of. So that that's all. It's right. just depending upon the degree of going in fresh, you know, you just decide how much you're comfortable with. Right, right. So why don't we kick this off? We're going to read through the Journal of uh, Darien Gautier by Darien Gautier. The Journal of a Guard attempting to record his prescient nightmares is the subheading on this. And this is directly written by him. And there are multiple entries. And I think that this is a wonderful place to start because it does really give us a sense not only of his personality, but some of the things he's going through and some of the mystery around his character. So it starts off and says, my first entry in a brand new journal. How should I begin? Should I write in a stiff, formal tone? More controversial? So many decisions to make. How will I manage? And what am I supposed to do with what I write? Do I read it later and reflect on my true feelings? Damn it. Why did I let Alanon, who's another character that you come across, um, talk me into starting a journal? Alanon said that writing things down would help me with my nightmares. Damn liar. He probably just wants me to write down my secrets so he can share them with the guard and have a good laugh. That's not a bad idea, actually. Good for him for thinking of that. (laughs) I'll need to keep that in mind as I write my entries. Um, So right off the bat, you can tell that he uh, I think this is one of the key aspects of his personality is that he tends to share his internal debate outwardly. And he does it in he vocalizes it in conversations with you. He always seems a little uncertain of what to do and why to do it. And he's, he's a little bit um, he's not like a confident leader. He's not somebody who just stands up and says, I know what I'm doing and this is what we're going to do. He always seems a little bit like unsure and he's just kind of finding his way. You, you get that sense, Lotus? Oh, definitely. He he it's it's funny. He. Definitely has like a bravado that almost makes him, which you'll encounter, uh, you know, the more the more you bump into him uh, as you play it. So but it's almost like he's just trying to reassure himself as much as you. Yes. Like yes. he's confident, but confident in a way that it's like it's more tempered than he'd lead you to believe where it's like, oh, I can totally do this. It's like, well, can I actually do this? Uh, like, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, you know, the nervous optimism, so to speak. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. he's kind of a nervous optimist. Um, he believes in himself, but he also is never quite sure if he's in over his head, you know, and yeah, and he's got a good sense of humor about it, too. He kind of just he plays it off. He's the kind of person who plays off his insecurities with kind of a nervous laugh or a joke. Um, yeah. And that's part of why you like him is that he comes across as kind of like kind of a goof. Um, and he and he willingly admits it in some ways like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but let's just go do it. That kind of thing. So the second entry says cheese, bread, fresh herbs, beef, best cut available. Yes, I know this is a grocery list, not my thoughts and feelings, but I needed to write this down somewhere and the journal was near at hand. Might as well make the thing useful as well as therapeutic. So, uh, you know, he just kind of grabs it and writes it down. You know, like this is the kind of guy he is. You know, he's like, it's it's the journal, but it doesn't matter. I just got to write this down. I'm going to jot down here and then I'm going to write a note to myself about it because it's weird. So I'm just going to make a point to note how weird it is. Next entry. Reminder. Meet Priscilla at the tavern at dusk for drinks. Don't forget. Now he's again using it as a reminder, kind of like a grocery list. Next one. Reminder. Meet Shelly at the tavern at dawn for drinks. Don't forget. (laughs) Forgetting did not turn out so well with Priscilla. (laughs) 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 So now we're starting to get a sense of it. He's a handsome guy. He's going on dates. You know, he's also kind of forgetful, getting himself in trouble. Next entry. All right. 
Time to use this journal for its intended purpose. Now, it's taken him four entries to get to the point of actually using the journal for the right reason. Note to self, when you write down notes to remind yourself of something, you actually have to go back and read the notes or the reminding thing doesn't work, which means the previous one about uh, Shelly at the tavern probably also didn't work. Alanon assured me that he was not going to steal this book and share its contents with the rest of the guard. He actually wants me to write down anything I remember about nightmares I've been having. I still think he's pulling my leg, but I'm willing to give anything a try. I'm losing too much sleep not to try something. And this is the first moment where we really get like a genuine, a genuine note here. Like, yep. like, oh, there, there really is something going on. And now he's not covering it up with jokes. I don't remember anything in vivid detail. Only vague glimpses of the nightmares I've been having since winter. I can't tell if they belong to one long dream or many separate ones, but they all have something in common. The bright light right before I wake up. I want to say that it speaks to me, that I hear what it tells me. But when I wake up, all I can recall is a glowing orb with light so intense that I have to shield my eyes. Other things haunt my dreams, dark images and frightful events. I've seen the sky turn dark and split apart to allow giant shackles to crash into the earth. Point, point of note here, this, this document comes from before the plane meld, before the big events of Molag Ball trying to invade Tamriel. Yes. I've seen armies of Daedra and undead swarm our cities, killing anyone who stands in their way. Other times I've seen the face of death itself, its fangs dripping with blood as it stares at me. I felt them sink into my neck and watch the creature burst into flames as it drank my blood. And then I see a cold blue land, jagged rocks that float in the alien sky, a sky I've never seen in the waking world. I hear screams in the distance and everything is cold and death and nothingness. Now, we know, having played through the contents, that this is actually the uh, oblivion realm of Molag Ball that he's describing. Right. This is Cold Harbor. Like, yeah, it's it, Cold Harbor. We've got the Dark Anchors, and it's like he's basically seeing the uh, the Soul Burst event and the ensuing disaster that comes that we fight, you know, off in the main storyline of Elder Scrolls Online in a prophecy nightmare as opposed to, you know, a- anything concrete. He's getting it in dream form, which we'll be able to tie in later once we get a little more spoilery as to a potential of why right right and this is interesting because this is a common trope uh in literature and movies is this idea of a character who is blessed or cursed depending on your perspective with prescient dreams with the predictive visions or dreams or nightmares of things that have yet to occur and just like in this they tend to be vague in a way that the character isn't really sure what they mean is this a is this the future? Is this another place? Is this, is this something that's actually happening? Is this symbolic? Usually there's there's vagaries around this and he's going through exactly that same kind of thing. Uh, this entry goes on and says, then the light appears once more as if to guide me to safety, to tell me something to say. And that's when I wake up. I exhaust myself. I drink too much and still the nightmares come to me. I really need to get a good night's sleep. So. You can see that he's trying to uh, self-medicate even that these these dreams have been so uh, pressing on him and keeping him from sleeping well that he's drinking a lot of alcohol in order to try to knock himself out. But they still come. Uh, He's exhausting himself. So he's probably, you know, doubling his exercise regimen so that he's exhausted at the end. Still knock him out. There's there's just he can't come up with a solution for it. Now, the next entry says onions, tomatoes, bread. Damn, I did it again. Oh, well, it's been a while since I've had one of those nightmares. Maybe this journal thing is working after all. So he's using it as a, as a grocery list again, but he's also still a shopping list, still a shopping list <laughs> but, it, but he's also seems to be making some progress here. Then the final entry in the journal. I can't believe it. It's happening. It's actually happening. I don't know if I should be horrified or, well, I don't know what to think. All I know is that this isn't a dream. Anchors from the sky are falling all around Tamriel. We're being invaded. May whatever gods favor us watch over us. My nightmares are coming true. I can't let Alanon know about this. He'll think I'm some sort of prophet or something and make a big deal. I definitely don't want that to happen. So the final 
thing here is obviously this starts to happen, right? But we also get the sense that he doesn't see himself as an important, you know, key person in any sort of story. He sees Mm -hmm. himself as just a dude who's part of the city guard doing his thing. He doesn't want to be known as a prophet. He doesn't want to have hold any special role in anything. He just kind of wants to do his job and go on with it. And now, oh, God, the world is being invaded from oblivion. And that's where this leaves off. Thoughts, Lotus? Um, so interestingly enough, that last bit that you said where he doesn't really view himself as like, a um, he's more of a participant than like the front running character in the scenario. It's kind of ironic because that very much becomes his role in relation to you playing Elder Scrolls online. So it, it's it's almost self self referential in his character is actually doing what they do to progress your story align uh, along. And later on, it aligns that he almost perpetually is put in a scenario where he's there to help move somebody else along their path rather than he has a i mean he has his own meaning and his purpose but his purpose is more or less to fulfill someone else's purpose rather than his himself yeah he's like a key support character like that that is his 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 i don't know risen (laughs) detra reason to be right like exactly that that is there so somebody else succeeds like which is an interesting uh, design for his character especially since he sees it in himself starting out right out the gate yeah yeah and and um talking about other literature i mean this he's the sam to your frodo you know he's yeah. he like and that is a wonderful character in fact when J.R.R. tolkien was asked who the most important character in the lord of the rings was his answer was sam because Interesting. Frodo, and for the, the line itself that they use in the movie of I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. Um, it, that's yeah, that's the whole thing is that Frodo could not never have achieved what he achieved on his own. Yes, he was heroic. Yes, he bared a great burden. But Sam is the only one who bared both that great burden and the person bearing the burden. Um, that's, that's very true. So it's and, and if, if it wasn't for the humility and the humble nature of that kind of person, the that never would have been achieved um and there's a whole background as to why tolkien believed that having to do with his uh serving in world war one and all that stuff which is a completely other topic but it is interesting i think i think that we don't get enough of these kinds of characters because they're important and they actually uh although most of us want to see ourselves as the main protagonists in our own lives we're really most of the time we're not like like yeah we're we probably have more to identify ourselves with somebody like darian than we do with you know, somebody like Frodo, you know, oftentimes we are a support role. And by doing a good job as a support role, we help everybody win. Like that's that's more often true than being the main hero. So, right. It's yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to to have here. Um, now, after the break in the middle, we're going to go talk about some of his background and then we'll get to the more spoilery stuff that we've got. Any other thoughts before we we uh, thank our patrons? Um, no, I was going to say, I'll be very, I'll be very interested, actually, once we get into the later bits with, uh, Darian, uh, what, what you think, cause, uh, you've completed Somerset, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. What, there's one thing that we'll get into that I'm very curious. I always love hearing other people's opinion on a very specific thing that we'll get into. Later. Okay. It's been a while, so I'll have to, I'll have yeah, to remember. Right, I, I hope right. the thing yeah, you, you're going to point out, I, I'll remember, but. Uh, I guess we'll see. Well, I guess we'll find out. All right, let's go thank our patrons and we'll be back with the rest of the story about Darien. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign. This is the middle of the show and this is where we get to thank our patrons for being so freaking awesome. You guys are amazing. And there's a number of you who signed up in January that we have to thank because we're now into February. We've got all the signups in January to go over. So let's just go down the list. We have um, Nudo Al Dente, who thank you to Nudo Al Dente for being our tier five sub. He re-upped to, uh, to tier five. He was tier six in December, re-upped to tier five in January. Thank you again for that support, Noodle. You are amazing. We have Jacob P., we have um, uh, Dewey, <laughs> who pledged, Mike M, Daniel T, 
and Mike Michael, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, Sergi, oh no, Sergi P actually is February 1st. So you're gonna get thanked again next month as well. Thank you to all of you for signing up in January to help support the show. You guys are amazing. We really, really do appreciate it. And if you are interested in getting episodes early, um, the extended versions of these episodes where Lotus and I and the chat kind of go on a little bit after we get through the, um, you know, the credits at the end um, or, or so, all sorts of other stuff like being able to guest on a show, discounts on the uh, T-shirts and things like that on the store. There's all sorts of things you can get on Patreon for the different tiers, but it all starts with tier one and getting early episodes and no ads. And it's it's super cheap. So if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And thanks again to all of our patrons. You guys are amazing. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office, or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs. Phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, Use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore, expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore to learn more. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. All right, Lotus, let's uh, let's dig into some of his background. And All I'm right. pulling this from the UESP article about it because they do such a good job of kind of yep. consolidating it down. And it says awesome here. group over there. Yeah, awesome group. Awesome group. It says here, Darian remembered very little of his childhood, considering it all a big blur. He is known to have had a father, General Gautier, who was a high ranking member of the Lion Guard and member of the Gautier noble family of Camlorn but had no recollection of a mother. Darian would later, later discover that his mother was effectually, and this is where the spoilers show up. So if, if you don't want to hear spoilers, cut this out. Like, this is it right here. Um, so here we go. His mother was effectually Meridia, the Daedra, the Daedric Prince Meridia, the Lady of Light. Um, being brought into Tamriel as her vessel and last light. Before the plane mill began, he began having strange premonitions of dark anchors and Daedra invading Tamriel, which we just read about, each one ending with a strange light guiding him to safety. Wonder whose light that was. Now, now we get a sense of like, okay, maybe this is what's going on here. In the second era, 582, his nightmares became reality when the dark anchors started to fall and the plane mill proper had started. Opting to keep his prophetic dream secret, he helped keep the peace in the Daggerfall Covenant the best he could. He defended Camlorn with Falchu and helped thwart the plans of Angoth, the Gravesinger's Bloodthorn cult at Cath Bedrod, as well as joining forces with both the Vestige, which is your player character, mm -hmm. Gabriel Benel, and the Mage's Guild to protect Queen Azila from the Imperial plot. Now, of course, these are all Storylines he play through and he takes part in them and you take part in them as well. During the invasion of Cold Harbor, Darian chose to join the Fighters Guild in their assault and would prove to be instrumental in the battle against Molad Grunda's forces in the chasm. 
When the time came to assault the planner Vortex directly and put an end to the plane meld, Darien fought alongside the last Aeliad King to protect the Vestige. And again, these are all big story points that you, you get to play through. Basically the closing of the campaign for the for the like mainline soul burst storyline. Yeah. Uh, and then also Vanis Galarian and Gabriel uh, Benel, while they triggered the complete destruction of the planar vortex by detonating the fabled lights of Meridia within. So, of course, Meridia's involvement in this and potentially Darian being there for a reason because she wanted him to be. Yeah. When the battle was over, however, both King Dinar and Darien were apparent casualties of the explosion, with the latter having vanished altogether. So that's where this storyline leaves off, is basically big explosion, who knows what happened to them, were they destroyed, where's Darien, where's King Dinar, we don't know. And that storyline didn't get completed for a number of years. It was, what, four four years? It was... Yeah, it was several years of us being like, so did he die? <laughs> like, that's, you don't really hear anything about him. And then, yeah, I think it might have been three years. Was it I three it was years? Three, I think it might have been three years. It was, like, it was a mm-hmm. few years to be sure, but I, I, I feel like it was three years. Because it was after... Rothgar came out, and it was that year. It's after Morrowind. Then Morrowind, and then Somerset would have followed that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was probably three going on four years. It was right in between there, depending upon exact launch dates of of when expansions came out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I played through through these in kind of a, like, you know, I mainlined... uh, the Ebonheart Pact, so I didn't play through the Daggerfall stuff until mm-hmm. later. Um, but I believe I did the Daggerfall Covenant, and then I did Morrowind, and then I did Somerset in order, okay. I believe. So um, once you get to Somerset, and as we've talked about before, Darien shows back up, Then uh, and the way he shows back up is really interesting, but th- then you, you start to piece together, okay, maybe there's more going on here. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so let's continue. It says... In spite of his demise, rumors of Darien's survival still persisted. While assisting the people of Orsinium, the Vestige found a strange note seemingly written by Darien himself, claiming to be trapped within the colored rooms. When the note was shown to Gabriel, she speculated that Meridia somehow saved him from the blast and that he is still alive, as his body didn't return to Cold Harbor with them like Dinar's. So, hints that he might still be around, right? Yes, which. Orsinium and the Rothgar expansion was pretty much chapters when the game was still sub based model only like it it wasn't an optional sub like it is now it was a mandatory sub and they hadn't defined chapters the way they're defined now as expansions each year but essentially Rothgar and the Orsinium portion of it was an it was like a chapter prior to the current chapters and you got the first nod in that big expansion that maybe he's not gone. Like may, maybe there's still more to hear from Darian, which I at the time remember being like, Oh, okay. So he's possibly not deleted from existence after that, because <laughs> that alone was like a year later. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. It's cool when, I don't know. It seems like one of those plot points that was planned from the beginning this yes, idea of like, so. we're going to have this storyline, this character is going to look like they disappear, we're not going to know what happens about them, we're going to spend some time hinting at it, and then we'll have them come back for something later, maybe it'll be this thing, maybe they have that even planned out ahead of time, you know, just kind of right. rough, in rough sketches of like, it'll be this thing in Somerset with these other characters involved. Um, yeah, he, he seemed like a little, it, it was less like oh well we need to write somebody back in because we need a face mm-hmm. this definitely darian seems like he was scripted from the beginning to have meaning beyond his initial disappearance in the final fight of cold harbor and all of that so yeah yeah so this goes on and says and gabriel's theory would prove to be correct during the daedric invasion of somerset where darian finally returns to nern as a knight of meridia and this is where 
if you've played through Skyrim, you and you you got some of the Meridius stuff done in there. You you're gonna start kind of having some flashbacks here because there's things like the Dawnbreaker. There's like the Golden Armor. There's like all of this stuff is very much in line with Meridia from the other games. And this is where it starts to show back up. He promised to serve Meridia as her champion and stop the plot of the triad in exchange for his freedom. The, tri- the triad, not to get too into this, was a group of other Daedric princes who were now working together, or at least temporarily working together. <laughs> um, we won't get into that too much. And would be given Dawnbreaker as a part of this deal. The magical sword of Meridia, the, the one that gave you like, what was it, like plus damage to undead or something like that? Uh, yeah, I believe it lit them on fire. Yeah, was one of the side effects of it. It would uh, it would like ignite undead and it would I, I think it actually caused them to turn as well. So she the, like they'd flee from you on fire, yeah. I believe, was one yeah. of the effects, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it's, it's a cool sword. You know, it's all bright and lights up and. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he's equipped with Meridia's gear and shows back up. Now, what's cool about the way he shows back up in the expansion is that he doesn't just all of a sudden show back up in the storyline and you like walk up to a group and he's standing there and you have a conversation with him. Um, and this is one of those things I, I I really like about Somerset. And again, we're in spoiler territory, obviously, because we've been here for a little while. But if you haven't done this yet, this is one of the cool parts. So as you're adventuring through Somerset and you're kind of just traveling from one place to another, every so often you'll just catch out of the corner of your screen a a little portal will pop open and a golden knight falls out (laughs) and says Mm -hmm. like, yeah, get get, get, get back in there. I'll get you. And then he jumps back in the portal or whatever. Right. Yep. And you're just like, what was that? Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. Like, and it's not scripted. It's not part of a a movie. It's not during a specific quest. It's just in between stuff while you're traveling across the world. And it happens a few times. Um, And the first time it happens, I think you only get his voice. So if you happen to recognize the voice, you might be like, wait a minute. I know that voice. Is that is it? Um, but you get a little, you get kind of a little bit more accustomed with it, the more it happens. And eventually it turns out like, oh no, this is Darien. This is, he's back. And now he's a knight of Meridia. And this is pretty freaking cool. Did you have the same experience I had Lotus? Yeah. So it was funny because the voice is pretty recognizable, especially if you've already played through, uh, the Daggerfall Covenant side, cause you interact with them a lot more if you yeah. play from one of the other factions. But it might've been have years. As much. It might have been right. years, yeah. So there's still the potential that you don't recognize the voice. But yeah, him just bopping in and out of existence, being panicked, diving back in, or saying like, oh, I've been covered in webs. And then it's like, what? And he just like disappears again. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. He, he almost shows up for a while because there, there's no reference point to it is Darien for, for quite a bit. It's almost like comic relief out of nowhere because you will be doing something completely unrelated and he'll fly out of a portal out of left field. So like good. There's not necessarily a rhyme or reason to it. It's just while you're doing something else. So they ESO breadcrumbs a lot of things, be it mechanics or whatever. And they almost breadcrumb your meeting of him again while you're doing storyline that has nothing to do with what's going to happen in that situation. So yeah, it, it's, it's pretty entertaining the first time you see it because it's all over the place and he's pretty ridiculous. Right. And it happens so quick and then he's gone and you're like, yep. And then he's just gone again. And you're like, was th- did this have something to do with maybe I was nearby something that triggered it or like, like you get used to the way video games work, right? You're like, okay, something triggered this to happen. What was it? Right. Yep. Was it the main story quest? What did I just finish a quest? And so this was going to happen on my way to the next quest. Is it where I am in the map? Is there something going on in like a dungeon nearby? Like, well, what is this thing? Why is it going on? Um, but I love, I love stuff like that in games that breaks your understanding of how the game might have been scripted or made because that, yeah creates mystery um when everything in the game seems like it's just kind of scripted and you're just going from one thing to the next and the next and this thing gets triggered and you can tell like okay i entered a room i triggered a a platform or a barrier then this character started talking like it just it's no longer magic but when stuff Mm -hmm. like this happens and things just pop up it's great you know random encounters stuff like that I, i you know and this shows that they can do stuff like that in the engine and i think it would be really cool to add more and more and who knows maybe this year we'll get some more weird stuff with like 
portals to the deadlands and stuff like that just showing up places i i don't know but i really like that kind of stuff yep agreed so it goes on it says unfortunately the sword would quickly be stolen and corrupted by nocturnal she's one of the triad or he she it while the triad invaded Meridia's realm directly to incapacitate her, leaving Darien without orders and without a weapon, which, of course, puts Darien in his, you know, personal best situation where he's never quite sure about what he's doing and what he should do. And but he just perseveres anyway. Nevertheless, he continued onward with his mission and climbed the crystal tower with the vestige and the ex sigic Lathan, I believe is how you pronounce the name in a last-ditch effort to stop Nocturnal, Nocturnal from claiming the Tower Stone. Lotus, this is one of my most favorite things that has happened in this game at all. <laughs> because it's he's, you're climbing the Crystal Tower while it's descending into, like, randomness. It's almost like space and time are falling apart. Well, you're yes, doing it. and you're shifting realms in oblivion yeah. at points. Yeah, because the um, Crystal because... Tower spans multiple places. It's not just in Nern. Correct. And um, again, we're pretty deep into spo- spoilerific stuff, but um, there is another um, situation where someone is too far away from what they're using as a grounding while you're going up the tower to stay like pulled into reality proper, so to speak. And unfortunately, as a result of that, this person is essentially torn between worlds and ripped asunder, (laughs) which is also (laughs) very disturbing. Um, So yeah, it, it literally is like ripping between worlds and the design of going up the tower is really, really cool. I, I, Personally, that was one of my favorite sequences, and I ran into a very strange error just because of not not the game, but I had an internet outage when I was doing it. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, which which was a huge downer because when I had to load back up, it doesn't really checkpoint you because you're supposed to be like going between worlds. So I kind of had to like backtrack, which was very peculiar because it was like I, I was super meaningful scene I did twice, which was <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a little weird. A little weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was um. There's something cool about this because it's almost like the closest you could possibly get to actually experiencing a dragon break. Yeah, actually, that's kind of true because there's multiple planes and obviously like almost like multiple realities because Oblivion kind of plays by its own rules, as we've talked about several times. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's weird to be involved in almost like I mean. When we say the plane meld, we're referring usually to the the soul burst and all of that. But this is almost like a different type of plane meld, honestly, because the tower exists in all these different realms. And at the same time, you're going up it and shifting between clavicus vile and and nocturnal and all these things and it's like oh my god like what is happening in this scenario right now it's it's very cool and visually very stunning so strong recommendation if you have not done this and you're still listening (laughs) and and don't mind the spoiler bits it's definitely worth doing regardless yeah yeah it's really cool it's it's as if you're climbing i mean it's a tower that pierces through multiple realms it's like a thread that runs through all these different layers of of realms and reality it's i don't know there's something really cool about that um it was from a from a visual and from a writing standpoint it was they went a lot further into actually having you experience it than i expected them to do indeed yeah you're you're very involved with it it's not like a you know a, it's not like you're watching this take place and happen you're very much yeah. a participant in it and it does not progress without you doing your part in right. getting around it Right. Yeah. Sometimes when things get a little too crazy in games, they'll either cutscene it or you go into a portal, something disappears, something comes out and somebody tells you about what happened because they can't really show it. Um, In this case, they show everything or at least as much as they possibly can. Um, And while you're climbing this, you're you're trying to stop Nocturnal from claiming the Tower Stone, which is transparent law. And as we know, the stones and the towers are tied together. It's what powers the the tower if nocturnal were to get her hands or its hands on transparent law that would be a big uh-oh 
Um, yeah, that so, would not be good <laughs> giving that much power to a single Daedric Prince. <laughs> yes, that would be that would be one of the world ending potentially uh, things that could happen. And as they approach the top, Darian would come to understand his true identity as a light of Meridia. So the fact that Meridia was his mother and the connection to her means that he was much more than he ever expected that he would be and was able to sacrifice himself and his remaining energy in order to purify Dawnbreaker for the vestige, which is what Lotus was talking about, for you to use to then stop Meridia, maintain the tower, stop the uh, the stone, transparent law, from falling into her hands and basically put <laughs> put the universe back together again. Um, and it's, it's really cool. It's, it's one of those like epic endings that could have been the end of a main storyline. I mean, this could have been huge and some of my favorite stuff here in lotus is like when you come across the other daedra and right you come across multiple the of them threats. yeah at, at, at the same time and it's not just um you know meridia showing up in somebody's body or uh Gorath who looks the same size as you do when you talk to him They're like <laughs> yeah. these, these are like gigantic towering daedra all like yelling at each other because they're trying to work together and they hate each other anyway and like those kinds of scenes are so good. They're so good because you, it makes you feel like, okay, yeah, I'm this tiny little thing and I got to stop you guys. <laughs> How am I yeah. going to do this? Very cool stuff. So that's the story of Darian as we have it so far. And it seems as if he sacrificed himself. And again, we have this, you know, literary trope of sacrificing yourself in order to save the world, kind of a Messiah kind of thing going on. Um, with Darian, even though he's not necessarily the main character, he's kind of a supporting character that helps you out. Um, but you have, you know, a character who's basically a the son of a, a god in, you know, in Elder Scrolls terms, a, a Daedric lord, and sacrifices himself in order to, to make things right. Um, now, what's interesting about this is that Meridia isn't necessarily, like, Meridia is still a Daedric prince. Meridia has her own intentions right like yes maybe she doesn't want the transparent law to fall in the hands of uh nocturnal but at the same time like what other intentions does she have here you know like what is what is the what is the goal in all of this just to stop them right. you know like mm, sometimes things line up and they work out for you know mortals which seems to be the case here but at the same time does that further maybe some of her ambitions by keeping the other Daedra at bay. Exactly. Um, because as we know, Daedra, as well as very specifically the Daedric princes, Meridia in particular, isn't good, so to speak. Um, she just tends to have similar alignments in more scenarios than some of the other Daedric princes. Right. So we're both working toward a common goal, but less she's helping us to help us more helping us because it's convenient as she's also trying to do something. Um, Meridia is shown in many situations in a much more favorable light as if she was like, Oh, she's a good Daedra, but she's not really. <laughs> she's still um, a Daedra. She's still yes. other. She's still not um, mortal and doesn't right. necessarily kill, care specifically about you and me so much as Correct. her own there, plans. There's definitely ulterior motives uh, with her quite frequently. And this isn't going to turn into a, a you know, a um, Meridia cast, but <laughs> In in many situations, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, as well as in the Knights of the Nine expansion in Oblivion, she is a bit insane as well <laughs> and does some pretty horrific stuff. So this is just another scenario where much like with the Soul Burst, we kind of had a similar goal less so that it was like, oh, yeah, she's helping us out again. It was like, we keep aligning with what she's doing to prevent something else. But what are we unintentionally helping her do? Right, right. Yeah, like it seems like it's for our benefit, which is clear, you know, like nocturnal getting this power would be bad. But then what does she get out of it? 
And does that, right. does that create another problem for us? And I talked last week about how I was a little bit, uh, very early on in my game, I was a little bit cautious with Raz because I was like, he seems kind of sketchy. Don't know necessarily what's going on. Just like wondering what, what he was at. And then eventually, you, you know, very much learned to trust him. Um, but when Darian returned and I realized, oh, he's, he's like deeply connected to Meridia. Yeah. I, the thought crossed my mind. I was like, am I going to end up being at odds with him at some point? And I'm not going to want to be because he's a likable character. He seems to be doing things for the right reasons. But will, will there come a point where either he eh, rebels against Meridia or has to side with her against what our plans are? You know, that was definitely one of those potentials I saw in the way the story could have played out. Yes. So this is very specific um what i was curious on what your thoughts were mm-hmm. which <clears throat> maybe may, may, a surprising amount of people don't know this exists um but it's one of the things that even if you've listened to all of this and you know you weren't concerned about spoilers it's the reason that i always say you want to complete somerset regardless because it is not there until you complete somerset did you ever find the secret book that appears from oblivion after the completion of the story. I don't remember it. Yeah. It's so, been maybe, I mean, it sounds familiar. It's been you, a few years. When, okay. So as an overview without specifically just reading the book itself, mm-hmm. um, what happens is when you stop the Daedric triad and again, yeah, <laughs> Poor Darian is sacrificed to empower you to succeed and he gets the short end of the stick. Um, If you are standing after the, you know, oh, thank you for everything, blah, blah, blah. You're talking to the proxy queen. You're talking to Razumdar. Um, I believe you are, you know, all the characters are there. You get your big success story. Everything's happy and great. Uh And while you're in the tower, there are some um, guards that talk about have you seen a book materialized upstairs? It just came out of nowhere and it's got a golden light. And if you go upstairs, you can find this book and it's etchings from Darien. And it's warning you about Meridia is not what she seems to be. And he's basically trapped in a hellscape where (laughs) where he has no control of his own life and he's being used for whatever she desires. And his biggest regret is being forced into serving her type of thing. Yeah, this does sound familiar now. Um, I it has been a while. I love it. Yeah, I love that so much because in a similar way to us at the start of Elder Scrolls Online's base story, Meridia, I mean, we, we're we're murdered and, you know, our soul is consumed by uh, Cold Harbor mm-hmm. and she plucks us out and gives us not our soul back, but she she kind of takes us off to the side. And when everything hits the fan at the end of the campaign, she once again grabs us and saves us. She's clearly doing the same thing but more aggressively to darian so his role yet again doesn't seem like it's over mm-hmm. even though he's essentially died twice now <laughs> right, right. and is being used as a daedric plaything. um i love the introduction of that book and i strongly suggest that you just complete that storyline for the sake of experiencing how it materializes and you get to read it in his own words. Cause that's why I specifically don't want to read that book verbatim yeah, like yeah. we do with some of the other ones. Yeah, I pulled it up it's, again. Yes. I, I remember this now. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So that is like, I felt that that was a great conclusion and I'm not a huge fan of constant resurrection of characters or whatever without it being thought out. The fact that he's being tortured like this, where it seems like he keeps coming in to save the day and it's all heroic. And when you get to see bits and pieces of his side, he's literally in hell right now. (laughs) So (laughs) it's it's an interesting take on what seems like you just saved the day. Did you actually just save the day or... Like you said, are we going to encounter him again? Because if we have to Mm -hmm. ever fight Meridia, which 
we went on a tirade on Tales of Tamriel about how we <laughs> think a reckoning with Meridia is coming. It, will we need to be on the opposite side of the fighting lines from Darian? Because he might not have the ability to control pulling away from her. Right, right. Yeah, that is a good question. The other, the other thing that's interesting about this is that death is one type of sac- sacrifice, but uh, an ending torment, or at least torment where you don't know it's going to end, is in some ways even worse. Yes. So, because death is an escape from something like that. And so that makes his sacrifice even more noble and tragic. The fact that he is stuck into something like this. Now, I, w- I would expect that. Uh, I OK, so if he was speculating here, just the way these kinds of stories play out and the things that cross yep. my mind for what could possibly happen. So let's say let's say a reckoning with Meridia happens. We end up at odds with her and Darian gets sent into the foray. The Golden Knight shows up and now he's on the other side of the battle lines, right? I either see something happening where he ends up, we end up having to put him out of his misery. Yep, I can see that. And he doesn't necessarily, he's not necessarily able to rebel against her, but he kind of stands down. And it becomes one of those situations where you make the decision of like, do I kill you and help you end things or do I not? You know? Right. That that's a very Elder Scrolls kind of like dilemma that can occur or for sure. Or he is able because he is his own person who was co-created by Meridia. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he's being like puppeted around by her because he hasn't he doesn't have the ability to do so on his own. But maybe in gaining more power unto himself, he's able to then turn against her and stand against her. And then that becomes his final sacrifice. Is being yep. able to say like for all the pain and suffering for all the things you've put me through and and that would be a wonderful climax to a character who never seems 100 percent sure about what he needs to do to gain some clarity and say i now understand what i need to do this is why I'm yeah here. this is my life's purpose so to speak right right this is this is what i this is my final say and um yep. you know and then uh, again sacrifices himself but but this time not for you to have the power to do something for him to do it himself um, yeah, he frees himself basically right. in order to. Right. Yep. No, for sure. That I, seems I like can a... see that also being a thing. Yeah. I, I'm just. I mean, he's one of the recurring characters in the series that I really am excited to see what happens because I have, you know, I'm a big proponent proponent of uh, fighting Meridia. She gets off way too easy. <laughs> <laughs> just because uh, she seems nice doesn't mean she's good. Yeah, yeah she her her storylines are pretty messed up um a lot of times so i i would it's it's a it's an enemy that we don't often realize is an enemy and i think that has great potential oh and it's it's also i mean it's insidious it's all the more dangerous because it's easy to say "Uh uh-oh watch out for molek ball he's a bad guy you know yes watch out for mayrun's dagon he's a bad guy nocturnal don't trust her um but meridia gets a pass which means yeah that maybe she's better at accomplishing her goals than the others are because we're not as you know suspicious suspicious and primed against her yeah right exactly so and there's um arcanir from uh tales of tamriel he mentioned one of his favorite quotes um which is when you beat i don't i don't know the exact word for word quote so i'm going to just give you a quick summary of it um but upon the completion of you know defeating molag ball um the as he's getting vaporized because you don't really kill daedric princes you just banish them and you know it it weakens them for a time and they have to kind of retreat to their own areas and Mm -hmm. it's um, very it's very sauron-esque talking lord of the rings very much so and um what he basically implies is that um there are much crueler masters than him at play and you just haven't realized it yet more or less yeah and i have long wondered is that because meridia is slow playing something really horrific that we haven't encountered yet and i yeah i very much hope that that is the case because that would be a very messed up storyline <laughs> and i like that stuff uh, yeah could be could be that'd be a very That'd be a very, very long play misdirection over like, I mean, it doesn't seem likely, well, I, I, who knows, but 
assuming that it's not this year's expansion with the gates of oblivion that would be going on like an eight year long play (laughs) of, of deception in game which is that is that's a lifespan of a game that would have so many people new to the series or old to the series have either left or joined after the fact that would be interesting would it you know how would that resonate with players just having so much time involved with something like that so yeah you know it's it makes me it makes me wonder because that's such an easy seed to plant you know just just the vague line of oh there's much worse masters than me Mm -hmm. when you plant that into a story that's that's an easy seed to say oh well i'm gonna figure out what this means in the future I'll just put this here because then people will be like, yep. oh, that's what he was talking about, even though I don't know yes. necessarily yet what that means. Uh, right. Or it could be very intentional. Like it could be one or the other, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Um, yeah. Or it could mean any number of the things that have currently happened, you know, like maybe Nocturnal would have been a, a worse master. Maybe. R- right. I was we've we've maybe the vampire other... lords and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was a great host. Yeah, the great um, host. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But it's just interesting speculation as it seems like her arc specifically involving Darian are not necessarily done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Delta in chat says would be a good reminder that none of the Daedric Princes are good. Yes, they're just other. Except except for Hermes Moore. Hermes awesome. Moore, of course, is good. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and, and madness, clear, is, madness is just, a, you know, an acceptable that, that, That's an sacrifice. unfortunate side effect of getting too much awesome information too fast. You got to pace yourself. <laughs> right, right, right. Why not Hermes Moore? I wore my shirt the other day and I was like, my son always points it out. And he's like, why not Hermes Moore? And that's funny. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's a that's a good place to end our, our story about uh, Darian. And uh, it's so neat to go through these characters and just look at all the places they connect to the other stories and things. And um, I don't know. I hope, I hope you guys appreciate these as well, because it's kind of a fun way to see how all the pieces work together. So, all right. Well, Lotus, do you have anything going on you want to talk about before we head out? So um, we've got normal tales of Tamriel that we'll be recording on Saturday, barring any catastrophes that happen, which we are prone to doing. And, um, <laughs> The other thing that I was going to promote going up to the event, the idea is for me to just going to be streaming some ESO on Sunday. What with the Super Bowl being over, I'll be a little more available. Um, But the reason I bring that up, other than shameless (laughs) self-promotion, is a friend of mine uh, from the community, Dave, has decided to provide me with a copy of... um, the upcoming expansion uh blackwood for the xbox console so i'm going to give it away on my stream on um sunday probably uh, i'm gonna post about the exact time but probably around 5 p.m eastern uh will be when we do the drawing just make it simple if you're in chat we'll just have it live the whole time and then i'll just auto pick it but if you have any interest in winning a copy of the new expansion for elder scrolls online it'll probably come with the base game i'm not entirely sure of the details he's just going to gift it to you um feel free to stop by uh you don't need to buy it or anything like that it might save you the chance and if you're curious about the series or just want to get your upgrade for the upcoming year i will be giving out a copy courtesy of david so thank yeah. you uh so much david for providing that and i'm excited to get a new home for the upcoming chapter for somebody that's an awesome prize that's i mean it's so yeah, nice to it's, have it's, uh, an expansion yeah, for free I, yeah. I was very honored that he was doing that so that's 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 pretty awesome uh of him so yeah i'll be streaming and i'll just be doing an eso stream over at lotus of doom um on twitch so feel free to drop by and we'll uh draw that 5 p.m so awesome awesome stuff um yeah in, in other news uh just today some sales went up so anybody listening to this over the weekend is probably going to be able to get the sales I, I noticed at least on i'm sure there's lots of sites having sales this weekend because it's kind of a big big holiday-ish weekend um but uh green man gaming has sales on a bunch of bethesda titles including eso and um the graymore expansion i think is like 14 15 bucks or something right now uh yeah i i, I was gonna say there, there's i think even on the main 
just like if, if you don't have any external way to get it i think they've got a sale for it it's like i believe in uh discord i saw it was like 28 bucks just straight up from the store at the moment so yeah there's deals going on on it if you're interested in kind of snagging up the previous stuff and getting prepped for the upcoming uh mm -hmm. expansion yeah yeah so uh, lunar lunar year sale save up to 67 percent and upgrade to gray more on pc today in, in my launcher wait and i just look at it yeah awesome stuff so if if you're one of those people who's been on the fence about elder scrolls online or you just didn't ever pick up gray more and you want to pick it up for cheap now would be a great time to do it and uh, Lotus and I play on different platforms. Lotus now also has PC. And if you're looking for other people to play, yeah, if you're looking for other people to yep. play for or play for play, play for play for our team uh, yeah. play with uh, the, the Robots Radio Guild is very active. Play for the Lorecasters. Yeah, the Go Lorecasters, the Lorecasters um, are, are active. You can just jump into our discord and you'll see people on there talking about, hey, anyone want to jump in? Where do you go find this thing? What do you think about this armor set? All that, that kind of stuff. Um, yep. So you're welcome to join us on PC. And then uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for now, Lotus. Um, nothing else comes to mind. But uh, no, I think we got it all. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, my stuff is the same as it always is. Check out robotsradio.net for all the different shows on the Robots Radio Network. We have a number of shows that have to do with Elder Scrolls and Elder Scrolls lore and that kind of thing. Um, there's a new show I mentioned before that's part of our Rocket Club called Elder Scrolls Off the Rails which is a fun, it's a fun new show where um, the host and his wife do the show together and they play through some of the content and kind of talk through the adventures, kind of similar to some of the stuff I do in my gameplay episodes. Um, but it's really, it's really fun because it's the two of them playing through the game and the game audio and, and them talking through the stuff as they go through the adventure. So uh, it's kind of a neat way to relive some of the storyline that you've already been through in Elder Scrolls Online if you want to do that. So go check that out. Um, Elder Scrolls Off the Rails. It's up on all the different podcatchers out there. And I actually just started it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I was going to say, I, I, I just I was going to say I found out. Uh, well, I found out about it from you and then um, they set up a Twitter account. So uh, as a result, I was like, oh, and then I just followed that and just started the feed at work. So that's I awesome. just got started there. So, yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And the Robots Radio Rocket Club is is a group that I started in order to help new podcasters or people looking to really kind of up their game a little bit uh, with some of the things that I've learned over the years and the things that, you know, that we do here in order to get our show out and market it and create good content and that kind of thing. So if you're interested in some help with that, go check that out. It's available. Uh, the info about it is available on robotsradio.net. So go check it out. All right, Lotus, thanks for joining me again. Chat, thank you for being here. We'll hang out a little bit after the show and talk with you guys about this stuff. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the content today. And until next time, stay safe and hopefully you don't become a nice of a Daedric Prince because it doesn't seem like the best job in the world. <laughs> so uh, unless it's Hermaeus Mora, unless it's Hermaeus, <laughs> what would a Hermaeus Mora knight be? I have come um, to I've... deliver. I have come to deliver the books of knowledge to you. What are, the, the, <laughs> what are those uh, those Christmas Jello things that they have that nobody actually likes eating? Um, it's like fruit salad, fruit, <laughs> fruit cake. You just look like that. <laughs> fruit cake. Okay. All right. Ponder that. We'll see you guys next week. See you later. The Thanks pen is mightier than the sword. Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at Elder Scrolls Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there. My name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.
Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever! So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose. Raiders rule!